This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. We're going to open our Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter number 27. Bring you a message this morning entitled One Life. Let's get back to the sandbox. Anybody think that sounds like a good idea? God's done some, some good things already this morning. We had four people give their life to Jesus Christ in the last service, and I thought that was amazing. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's ask God to open his word to us today. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence. I ask you, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that you will speak to us clearly today and will help us, oh God, to know what it is that you want us to do to be prepared for uh, the realities that you're trying to bring into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, well, I want to bring you uh, a unique message today, probably not my most... uh, fiery message, but uh, people have asked me, you know, out of the thousands and thousands of messages that you've preached over uh, 35 years of preaching, uh, sometimes I speak, you know, uh, 300 to 400 times uh, in a year, and they say, what, what's your favorite message? Well, there's, I'm actually going into that favorite message and brought a point into this today that I want to talk with you about. How many of you received your little army man when you came in this morning? All right, if you didn't, I want to encourage you to get one on the way out today. Make sure you get one on the way out. Uh, this is going to be an important part of today's message. And uh, I'm just so looking forward to, to bringing this to you again, one of my, uh, my favorites that the Lord has spoken to us. And we've had a, a unique morning with this, a, a unique uh, time as God has prepared our hearts Now, when we talk about Luke chapter 14, it's actually an interesting teaching style. It's the teaching style that Jesus always used. You know, some people are very blunt and straight forward about things, and I think that's, uh, I've been accused of being that many times in my life. But the Bible says that Jesus, when he would say something, uh, he always said it in a story format. He always put it in a parable so that it left uh, many of the disciples asking, now what's he trying to say? What's he really trying to point out in this moment? And so that's what we find in Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse number 27. He's telling one of those, those points he wants you to get, but he tells two stories in a row to help you discover the point. It begins like this. But don't begin until you count the cost. Until you do what? Count the cost. For who would begin a construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? I thought, well, he doesn't know this economy that we're in where suddenly one board has increased 10 times in the last six weeks. All right. But who would start building something without seeing if they had enough money to finish the project. Otherwise, 
you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, then everyone would laugh at you. They're going to say, you couldn't even get it dried in. It all ruined because you couldn't go the distance. Then they would say, there's the person who started that building and they couldn't afford to finish it. What's Jesus trying to say there? Well, he goes right into another story, bringing the same point. See, these are not random stories. He's making a point. Here's what he says. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether or not his army of 10,000 could defeat 20,000 soldiers marching against them? He's got to sit down and count the cost. And if he can't, beat them, what's he going to do? He's going to send a delegation to discuss the terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. Now notice verse 33 here. So you cannot become my disciples without giving up everything you own. He tells two very interesting stories. It's going to cost you everything. You better Be careful before you start the process because it's going to cost you everything in your life. Now relax. The offering has already been taken today. But Jesus doesn't come after our finances. He comes after our everything. Jesus is saying, count the cost Because in order to follow me and become my disciple, it's going to change the way you live. It's going to change those long-held generational ways of viewing things. It's going to shift inside of you the way that some things have been done. And it doesn't matter if you've done those things your whole life. Well, that's just who I am. God says, no, it's not who you are. It's who sin has tried to force you into becoming. But God's going to want to change who you are into such a way that it shifts and you begin to begin to mirror what God's called you to be. You begin to become who God's created you to be. You see, every decision that you're going to make is going to carry with it a cost. So weigh it carefully. And before you make a decision, count the cost. It's like saying, I suddenly feel like I need time on the beach. Does anybody feel that in your heart this morning? Yeah, many of you. Well, here's the problem. If you head out toward the beach and you don't take any money with you, odds are before you get where you're going, you're going to be walking. Because you're going to have a cost of transportation. You're going to have a cost when you get there. They're going to be, there's going to be a cost. And before you start this journey, be ready. Now, I don't, I don't want to jump ahead too far here, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. Be careful that you don't start making promises to God that you're not willing to go the distance on. Be careful that you don't start expecting things that you're not willing to live up to. And God's saying, count the cost. Now, the way that this is illustrated today, and the story I kind of want to share with you, involves these little green army men. Now, how many of you played with little toy soldiers at some point when you were a child? Many of you. See, toy soldiers have been, have been in toy boxes for a very long time. 
They found toy soldiers in the tombs of the ancient pharaohs. They found them in the Prussian palaces. They, they became extremely popular in the 1600s as the game of choice of the wealthiest. They would have these elaborate sets built and, and they would move their toy soldiers around on them. Over the years, these tiny little soldiers have been made from numerous sources of, uh, of materials, from, some from clay, some from wood, some from flour, some from paper, some from metal. And in the 1940s, they took on this plastic shape, this little green plastic army man. You see, when we talk about army man, I want you to listen to me for a moment. The level of engagement you put into the setting up of these army men, the level of engagement that you put in preparing yourself for the battle that's going to ensue will determine the amount of enjoyment and the amount of success of your tiny forces. See, when you carefully plan how to strike and how to defend, to carefully make sure that every possible area of attack is covered, these little soldiers will teach us how to get involved in planning for the success of our families. Let me just go ahead and say it. The level of involvement you have in your own life is going to determine the success or failure of your life. Well, Pastor Don, of course I'm involved in my life. No, I beg to differ with you. Too many of us, our lives are passing us by and we're just going through a humdrum schedule and it's not even a real reality. We're going through just whatever life throws at us, but God's looking for some people who make up a decision. You know what? I'm going to be more than what life throws at me. I'm going to be who God's called me to be. Amen. Henry Ford said it this way, before everything else, Getting ready is the secret of success. If you're going to succeed in this life, if you're going to succeed in a life of faith, you're going to have to learn that you're going to have to engage. You're going to have to get involved in this one life that you've been given the opportunity to live. You're going to have to get involved in your own destiny. You're going to have to start making up your mind that you're going to stop waiting to see what happens to you tomorrow and you're going to start determining that you're going to prepare yourself for what God called you to be in your tomorrow. If you're going to have a healthy relationships, you're going to have to get involved in your circle of friends. You're going to have to get involved with your spouse. People will say to me, I don't know what happened. We drifted apart. No, you didn't drift apart. You Facebooked apart. You sit on the same couch miles away. You sit in the same bed miles away from each other. Why? Because you didn't stay involved with one another. You were constantly looking for distractions to keep you from having to deal with your current reality. If you're going to win this one life that we live, you're going to have to engage in your current reality. Your family desperately needs you to engage. I know what it feels like to walk in exhausted. I know what it feels like to be, feel like you have, you've given everything you have out and you have nothing left to give. But the reality is the people waiting for you when you get home will be those that you impact the most. We must engage. You see, we're constantly making decisions that will affect us in major ways. In order to have the outcome that we and those around us deserve, we must learn that sometimes the best action is done long before the action is taken. 
Sometimes it's the preparation that you're putting into place that you're going to have to do. We must become people who count the cost and lay out a well-prayed-through plan. Sometimes the preparation is going to be all that you have available for you to succeed. I don't think you're getting my point. Let me give you an example. Oh, amen. Come on, amen. Let me give you an example. My dear friend, Brett back here sends me a text the other day. I thought he had accidentally sent it to the wrong person. He and his wife just finished one of those rim-to-rim hikes at the Grand Canyon. How many of you think they need prayer? He sent me a 12-week plan to be ready to hike the rim-to-rim trail. I thought, certainly he's made a mistake. See? It's a sign. (laughs) Certainly, he's made a mistake. I said to my wife, why do you think Brent sent me this plan on how to get ready to hike rim to rim at the Grand Canyon? She said, because the three of us have already gotten together and made a plan that you big boy better get ready because we're going. (laughs) I said, excuse me? Have we prayed about this at all? I said, don't you know they don't life flight you out of the Grand Canyon? They donkey lift you out of the Grand Canyon? I just see myself riding a donkey up out of the Grand Canyon. I'm like, this is not God's plan for my life. But if I'm going to do it, (laughs) and right now I'm strongly not feeling led, I better prepare. If we can look at a physical challenge like that and think I better prepare, how much more should we make up our minds that if we're going to become something great for God, if we're going to defeat the enemy that's tried to destroy us for generations, if we're going to overcome everything that keeps setting us back emotionally, that we ought, maybe we ought to have, watch this, have a checkup from the neck up ever so often, come on, and get our minds right and get ourselves prepared. Say, so God, help me begin to get my, my, myself ready. Help me to have the right goals in mind and a plan in place to achieve those goals. To actually have the life intended for us, we're going to have to dedicate ourselves to planning out in, in advance what we're going to do when we start in the battle. Coach Bobby Knight, the great basketball coach, said it this way, the will to win is not nearly as important as the will to prepare to win. I guarantee you, I can go further on that canyon hike than most people that are out of shape as I am. Because I'm hard-headed enough to walk until I die. But the reality is, sometimes will alone cannot rescue you. Sometimes just being hard-headed enough cannot rescue you. What you're going to have to do is lay it, what Scripture said, lay aside the things that pull you down and pull you back and start making up your plan. I'm going to change what is necessary. See, we cannot wait for our situation to change. If we desire change, we should begin to make the preparation for the change. We've got to begin to make the preparation. We've got to begin to make up our mind, what do I have to do differently today to overcome that? If you know that every year during a certain time of the year, you're going to hit a a crisis, then you need to start preparing for it. 
You're not really with me this morning. Let me, can I, let me just illustrate something for you just a moment. Growing up in church, I've always heard people say one verse, and people always get fired up when they say this verse. They say, for we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Come on, amen. amen. Oh. We've got to check the sign to make sure this is still War Hill. Let me try that again. You'll be more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Come on now, amen. Amen. But you know what? People will shout over that verse when I quote it. Then I ask them this simple question. You ready for this? What's more than a conqueror? What's more than a conqueror? Somebody said a winner? Conqueror is a winner. A victor? Conqueror is a victor. They shout over, oh, I'm more than a conqueror. What's more than a conqueror? Yes, he is a conqueror. (laughs) But we are more than a conqueror. And we're not him. I'd be like you. Are you ready for this? What's more than the person who wins the battle? The person who lives in possession of whatever was won. It's the person who can move in to the land and possess the land that's more than a conqueror. A lot of people are just constantly trying to win the next little battle and they feel like, oh, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm winning the next. No, 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 no. More than a conqueror is not the person who keeps fighting their way there. It's the person who makes up their mind, I'll do what's necessary to become who God's called me to be. And then when I get there, I'm going to live there. I'm going to live in victory. I'm going to live an overcomer. I'm going to live by the power of God. Now, since we have these little army men today, let's take this in, a, in, a, in an army format. If, you, if you're in the army, you'll find that they use certain things to gauge the preparation and the, the, the accountability. And these things are called checkpoints. At checkpoints, the movement of people is measured. At checkpoints, induction, uh, inspections are conducted. The rate of advancement is gauged, and individuals are uh, evaluated at checkpoints. I'm going to give you some real quick checkpoints. I'm staying my time frame well this morning, but stay with me. Checkpoint number one, how involved are you in the process? Many times we become spectators in our own lives. We are driven by schedules. We are driven by debts. We're driven by doubts. And we're driven by fears. But I want you to think for a minute how involved you have to be to really succeed at a game of toy soldiers. When the toy soldiers were poured out when you were a child, what did you have to do next? Well, I'll tell you what I had to do. I had to find out which ones my brother was going to let me use. But then you got down on the floor with what you had. You figured out what you had because no matter how hard you tried, listen to me, you could not will them into place. And that's how most of us have been trying to do, to be hard-headed enough to fix our lives. Listen, you cannot fix your life just wanting to fix your life. You're going to have to engage in the battle. You're going to have to start doing the hard work of following God the way that God's called you to be. Pastor Don, I want you to tell me how I can succeed for Christ. I'm trying to tell you how to succeed for Christ. Get involved. Get engaged in the process. Get out his word. Get on your knees before him and begin to follow Christ the way God's called you to do. You see, the same is going to be in your life. You've got to figure out where you are and what you have. Your relationships will never be what they can be without your engagement. 
Your family will never be what it can become without your involvement. You will never get out of debt until you get determined to be part of the solution and no longer a contributor to the problem. I'm going to wait for a better amen on that one. So you're going to have to learn to take an honest look at ourselves. Stop hiding behind the excuses of ignorance and determine where we are and what our terrain looks like in a military term. So we can never move on toward our success until we determine to become involved and we have to find out where we are in our present condition to determine our future options. Checkpoint two, where where are we and what do we have? You know, as a child looks at their army, man, they, they, they look at what they have. How many of you remember what they have? They have the bazooka guy. You remember the bazooka guy? The sniper guy? The machine gun guy? The grenade guy? The walkie-talkie guy? Let me just, when I grabbed this one, I actually grabbed the perfect one because this is the one my brother, I have a you know, two, two-and-a-half-year-older brother, this is the one he would have allowed me to have. It doesn't have a weapon. It's broken. I didn't fake this. I just reached and grabbed one and went, oh, that's the one I always got. I got the walkie-talkie guy. You know? Back then, I didn't like it. Now, I'm like, I'm calling in air support. Glory to God. Now, I know better. I'd be like, calling in air support. But I got the walkie-talkie guy. And so I always had to figure out how I was going to fight him. And, I'd, and then I'd start crying and whining about it a little bit. I was a little brother, you know. I'd start crying and whining about it. And he'd say, well, if you're going to whine about it, here. And he'd give me four little of those little small linking logs, you know what I'm talking about? And you cross them and they become cannons, you know. And then he would take two of the 16 ones and make them all cannons. <laughs> I was like, this is still not fair. And the reality is I knew I was fighting uphill. Here's the problem. If I really was going to be engaged in the game, I had to take what I had and use what I had. The question is, what do you have? Some people fail to evaluate what they have because all they can see is what they don't have. They're so focused on what they never, what they don't have that they don't realize the gift that God has given them. I get it. It's hard to beat a squad of tanks when you just have a few riflemen. What can we do? Can I tell you what we can do? All things through Christ. The most of, I told you this wasn't my most shouting sermon today, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, take this home, set it where you can see it and say, today I need to be engaged in my life. The most effective approach is not try to do what we can't do, but to identify what we can do and begin building on that strength for our advancement. Quickly, checkpoint three, the what ifs. Anticipate obstacles. I talked about the trough of sorrows just a few weeks ago. A trough of sorrows is what happens when you begin a business venture, you begin a new step of life, and all those obstacles arise. Most people give up and go away, but the people who succeed see the obstacles as not just an obstacle, but their reality that shows them what they're not ready yet for. And you listen to these words of this pastor this morning. This is important. I've heard this my whole pastoral life, most of my life growing up. I started serving God, and it was like all hell broke loose on me. 
Anybody ever experienced that? Yeah. Or I tried to grow for God, and it's like I got run over by a steamroller. Well, that's normal. Because what's happening is two things. One, you just broke out of hell, and hell wants you back. But two, what's happening is you're seeing where you need to get ready. Because when you get started, there's not as much damage as when some other people are already following you in your faith. You see, can people model their lives after your life and grow in the kingdom of heaven? Can they live the way you live and grow for the things of God? An important question. And so when I first get started, God says, okay, look, we got a whole lot to deal with here. And the more I grow, the things may not be as many, they just get bigger and deeper rooted. So what are you going to do about it? You're going to have to set personal policies or rules of your life that are going to help guide you through the minefields of the unexpected. Some of those will be areas like integrity. You're going to be honest. That you're going to be sexually pure. That you're going to keep yourself out of compromising situations. Some of those things are going to be other areas that you're going to have to delve into that you guide your life by. And I've got two personal rules that really, really are my rules. And let me just go ahead and tell you, I'm not trying to put these on you. I'm just going to share from why I have these rules. They're rules of my life. Number one, you ready for this? Always leave something better than you found it. That sounds good, right? Do you know where that comes into play more than anything else? Where the Holy Spirit speaks to me about that more than anywhere else? This is, this is not good, but public restrooms. I'm like, Lord, that wasn't you. Is it your rule of life or not? I walked in. Friday to a really nice restaurant, but a, but but some children apparently had been playing, and or I hope it was children, and the whole counter was was about that deep with water. And I was like, "Isn't that a shame?" Started to walk away, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, "Are you leaving it better than you found it?" You ever just you know it's God, but you want to say, "Get thee behind me, Satan!" You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> like, oh. so I. Rolled off a lot of paper towel, and I cleaned the area. When I left and came out of this nice restaurant, my whole shirt soaked. Nasty. And I'm thinking, what good did that do for anybody? Do you know really where that rule has become? It's where I started with picnic tables and public bathrooms. But now it's when I deal with people. I want their life to be better after I've been with them than it was before. See, where I started small, I wanted it to be better and bigger. When you're faithful in one area, he gives you more. The second thing is this, a rule of life. is simple. If it has to be bought today for me to get that price, then it's not for me. I'm going to be like, what's that about? Well, if people say to me, well, if you buy this today, you buy this car today, then you can get it for this price. I'm like, why is that price not good tomorrow? Well, you got to get it today. And I'm like, I'm like, why? And they're like, well, my kids are hungry. And I'm like, well, they'll still be hungry tomorrow. Come on now, amen. But guess what? 
I've learned that that's best for me because if I make a quick decision, it's not usually a prudent decision. So I wait, I evaluate, and if I can come back then after having really talked it out with my spouse, thought it out, prayed it out, then I step forward. See how it really then goes in my life about decisions of our life, jobs and places we live and things even for this church. So what I'm trying to tell you is, instead of talking about what you don't have and being focused on the obstacles you're facing, start putting some rules in your in place in your life that will guide you through the minefields. Check point four, how are we doing so far? Ask yourself, am I making progress? Focus and see. I just feel led to say what I'm about to say, and this is not in any way uh, in my notes. I haven't said this in any of the other services, but I feel led to say what I'm about to say. What the parents do in moderation, the children will do in excess. Am I allowing things in my life that are going to destroy my children's lives? Am I allowing things that I should be doing to go undone that will keep them from ever even desiring to do them? How am I doing so far? Am I being engaged the way that I'm supposed to be? Am I being involved the way that I'm supposed to be? I haven't figured out a lot in my limited lifetime, but I'll tell you this much. I've found the more involved I am, the better it always is. Look, I want to prepare to close today. This is important to me. This is so important. I want you to understand that God's called you to engage in your life, to get involved, to figure out what it takes to move forward. But count the cost. Count the cost. I don't know why he shifted the last two services in the end, but somebody needs to get this. Somebody watching, somebody present, you need to get what I'm about to say to you. Serve God in such a way that you'll still be running 20 years from now. You'll still be serving him 30 years from now. You'll still be serving him until you draw your last breath. This wishy-washiness of our world that we live in, of I'll serve God one week and maybe not the next week, that needs to be gone. And you'll never reach that place that that's gone until you engage faithfully in the whole process. I'm glad you're here today. But being here is not just being engaged. We will become a better church if you will more involve yourself in the atmosphere we create during worship. We will become stronger believers if you'll follow Christ in the ways that I've encouraged you today when you leave this place. You will become a better family if you will follow his purposes and his path that he has set for you. The reality is this. Nobody in this room is perfect. We all have areas to work on. Some are just devastatingly different than the others. But the reality is, everybody's battle is a battle. But you'll never win it until you get engaged in it. Stand with me today.
Mr. Don, why would you say that this little army man is part of your favorite sermon you've ever preached? It's probably because one of my natural defense mechanisms growing up in a family that was so affected by addictions and alcoholism and those kind of things was, was to just disconnect. And this reminds me that I can't disconnect and succeed. I have to connect. I have to engage. I have to be involved. I have to move forward. God wants the same for you. Bow your heads with me in this place. I don't know who all God is speaking to this morning. But I think you know whether or not there's some areas that maybe it's with your children, with your spouse, with, with, with your God, with your friends, and with other situations. You know the areas you need to step up your level of engagement. If I'm, if I'm talking to you right now, let me see your hand if that's you. Hold it up high, hold it up high, hold it up high. People all over this room, thank you. Put those down. We didn't judge anybody right there. We're just going to pray with you here in just a moment. But today, some of you would say, Pastor, I know where I need to start, but I've been afraid to start. But if God will help me, I'm going to start tackling that area. If that's you, I want to see your hand right where you are, right where you are. Isn't that amazing? Almost as many hands. And now there's going to be even less hands this time because I want to ask you a very serious question. With everybody praying and nobody looking around. I'm not going to, you can put your hands down and I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I didn't embarrass anybody else right here. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I've never started the journey. Maybe you prayed a prayer, but you didn't count the cost and then you weren't willing to pay the cost. I've never started a journey for Christ that I was willing to go and finish. I've never committed my life to Christ. I've never surrendered to him as my savior. But today, I'm ready to do so. I'm ready to commit my life to Jesus Christ. The word tells me that what I'm doing right now is literally fishing for you. Because the Holy Spirit is what's drawing you. And the bait is life everlasting with Jesus Christ. If that's you, you say, today's the day I want to follow Christ. Maybe you're watching. I want you to show us online. So that's me. He's talking to me. But maybe you're here, and I just want you to hold your hand up high. If it's you, you say, today's the day I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I'm looking all around this room. Hold your hand up high. Thank you, sir. Is there another? Is there another? Thank you, young man. Is there another? Who will join with these two? See, no one's being embarrassed. Thank you, sir. That's three. You can put your hands down if you've already raised them. There's three that have raised their hand today. Are there others that this is your moment? This is your time. This is when you're going to surrender your life completely and wholly to Jesus, Jesus Christ. Hold your hand up high if that's you. If you haven't already raised your hand, quickly. I'm looking for you around this room. Thank you, ma'am. That's four. Are there others? Thank you, sir. That's five. Are there others? This is your moment. This is your time. This is it. He will say, Pastor Don. This is the time you're supposed to make everybody walk. No, I promise I'm not going to embarrass them. I want you to look at me for just a moment. These five people. Many, many people have prayed right where you are and they've received Christ. And many of those people are around you now. Not about an emotional display up front. It's about a reality in your heart. With that said, 
This is how it's going to work. The Bible says that if we will confess Jesus Christ as Lord of our life and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, that we start this new journey. As you start, it's going to cost you everything. But everything it costs you, he will give back to you better. One more moment. Bow your heads before we pray. I feel like there may be at least one or two more who would say, now that you understand how we're going to do this, today is the day you want to start this journey. You've not lifted your hand yet. This is your moment. I'm looking for you around this room. Hold it up high if that's you. Hold it up high. I'm looking for you. Waiting for you. This is it. This is your moment. Your time. All right, we're going to pray together right now. Out loud, these, these five, along with all the rest of you, we're going to pray together, walking with them down this journey to salvation that I'm going to pray for everybody. Let's pray together. Jesus, I believe that you came for me. You died for me. And now I receive your grace. I am a sinner. And by faith, I offer my everything to you. And I receive this promise of salvation from this moment forward. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. The risen Christ is my Savior. And now I declare, God is my Father. Heaven is my home. This matter is settled. Father, I thank you for those that have prayed that for the very first time today. Maybe those that prayed it as a point of rededication. Lord, they start a new journey as a transaction has happened in the heavenlies now. God, I thank you that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that every hand that went up, that right now they're undergirded with your strength to engage where you called them to be, to become what you've called them to be. And Father, my goodness, by victory, to walk according to your faith. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Now, come on, let's give God some glory for five people giving their hearts to him today. Amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.